a decision for every Christian to make. Now, you know we made one when we trusted the Lord. Sometimes you'd like to decide your own fate. Well, buddy, this is one where you can. That's what makes trusting Christ as Savior so important, and it's what makes serving the Lord so important. Every life has a purpose because God created man. He had a purpose for creating man. We need to understand that and believe that because it's the truth. And the purpose of every man is to find the purpose. So that's why God wants us to not just live because everybody exists and lives for something, but to find out what is it that God wants for my life. So the statement here is a man may live for money, power, or fame. But whatever he lives for constitutes his purpose for life. And one of these days, you and I are going to leave this old world. What did you live for? Wouldn't it be a shame to be a success at something that won't amount to a hill of beans, you know, 100 years from now? Now, you can be a success in a lot of things and enjoy life and in competition, things like that. But I'm talking about that which constitutes your whole purpose of living. But when you talk about the purpose of your life, it should be something that's really major, really important, because that's what gives importance to your life. The next question to ask is, what does God say should be my purpose for living? If God created me for a purpose, then I should go to him and find out why. What does God want from me? What does he want me to do? So that's why the scriptures gives us answers and God wants us to read. He wants us to study. And he says, if you will knock, it will be opened. And if you ask, you shall receive. And if you seek, you will find. So we want to find what is that which God has for me. Because everybody has a sense of, I am created special. There's something God wants me to do that's special. Because why create me? If he didn't need me to do anything special, he could let somebody else do it. But so there must be something special just for me. And anyway, I kind of believe that. I like to believe that God wasn't just wasting his time and, you know, spinning wheels. And, and I was born. Uh-oh, what am I going to do with him? I like to think that he had a purpose in mind. So look at the next statement. <clears throat> Scripture states plainly the purpose for a Christian's life in Mark 8, 35. And look at this. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life, and get this, there's two things mentioned here. My sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. Now, it's not that if you live for anything that you want that you think is important. He says, for my sake, and the Gospels. So there is the purpose of your life. And evidently you would think that if I don't live for those two things, then I'm wasting my life. And it's true. So it is important you can't live your life for Christ and the Gospel if you've never heard the Gospel and you don't know Christ. So if it's the purpose of your life, then it must be the purpose of every life to hear the Gospel to know Christ. Wouldn't you come to that understanding? 
So it is the will of God that everyone hears the gospel and trusts Christ as Savior so that they can know the Lord. So the purpose of your life is to live it for Christ and the gospel so that it must be something very, very important. We may not think that's the most important. Some people think we're just making money. That's the most important thing in the world. Why? Because I got to take care of myself and I got to have money and I've got to have, uh, you know, uh, this thing and this thing and this thing. And we think of all these things that are so much more important. No, you're going to live, yes, and you're going to die. So the most important thing is, is where are you going when you die? And it's amazing that everybody has the same problem. Nobody's going to live forever. So look at this statement. John 3.16, a promise to whosoever is lost that they may be saved. So God has made a promise to the lost. And believe it or not, God has made promises to the saved. I once was lost, but now I'm saved. So there was a promise God made to me when I was lost. And there's promises God has made to me now that I'm saved. So I just got to distinguish uh, which one refers to which. To be saved, he says in John 3, 16, that whosoever believeth in him, whosoever, anybody, it's a choice. It's an individual decision. Believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This means that anyone who trusts Christ as Savior will have everlasting life. It is a lost person's choice whether he will trust Christ or not for salvation. The wise man will decide to trust Christ as a Savior. So it is a choice, though. And you can have eternal life and go to heaven, and you will not perish means you will not go to hell. But then there's other choices that God given me. So we look there now at the next statement. Mark 8.35 is a promise to whosoever is saved, that they may serve him, and a purpose for your life. Who are you going to live for? So he says, clearly and plainly states the purpose for a Christian's life. Whosoever is a choice. Refers to believers, those who know Christ as Savior. Mark 8.35 promises that whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel shall save it. Talking about that period of time that you have to live. We're not talking about the eternal life that you've got as a free gift that you're going to have. So that can't be lost. What you can lose is the period of time that God's given you to live on planet Earth. So this little moment of time here, for some it may be 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, it doesn't matter. I don't know how long we're going to live, but we know that it's temporary. And so when he talks about you'll lose your life, it can only refer to that which pertains to the time in which we live. Because you cannot lose eternal life. You can't lose heaven. That's forever. But God has given us choices to make in the time in which we live. So the lost man made a choice to trust Christ, reject Christ. Once you've trusted the Lord in Mark 8, 35, you now choose whosoever to serve him. My sake, the gospels. So if the purpose of the Christian is to live for his sake and the gospel, then the purpose of every man is to hear the gospel so he can know Christ. Because he can't go no further than that. You can't live for that purpose if you don't even know it exists. But anyway, look at the next statement. 
This means that any believer who will live for Christ and the gospel will save his life. Christ gives this scripture not for salvation, but for believers. So it is a believer's choice whether he will live for Christ and the gospel or live for himself. It is a decision that each individual must make. No one can make you trust the Lord, and no one can make you serve the Lord. It's a personal thing. It's an individual thing. And it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter how bad things are. There is the will of God that would apply to whatever the problems may be. I don't care what the problem is. There's a certain way to accept it or to reject it, to think about it, to live, attitudes, everything about any situation. It doesn't matter. So regardless of whether you've got a lot or you've got a little, you're healthy or you're sick, what jobs you have, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You can do the will of God wherever you are. The perfect will of God is as close as the next decision you make. People will think about that for a while. Look at the next statement. What was the purpose of Christ's life? For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, some translations don't even have that in their Bibles. It is in the King James. But it tells the purpose for which Christ came and then tells us that we're supposed to live for him. And he says, as the Father hath sent me, even so send I you. So Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. But look there at the next statement. Live for the sake of the gospel. It is good news for the lost man to know that he can have eternal life by trusting in Jesus Christ alone as a Savior. So to live for the gospel's sake is to live for the sake of the lost man. Otherwise, we talk about the gospel is good news. Yeah, but it's not good news if nobody hears it. And who needs to hear the gospel more than anybody else in the world? The lost man. That's who Christ came to seek and to save. So a person who lives for the sake of the gospel, this message that was prepared, well, it's like annulling it, counting it as nothing if we don't live for the lost man. So why did Christ leave us here in this world? Now, we can sing, but we can sing in heaven. Fellowship, yeah, but we can fellowship in heaven. Uh, read his word, well, we'll have him. He is the word. There's only one thing that God left us here for, and that's to reach the lost. So we try that in everything that we do. And so that's why it's so important. I took Romans chapter 12 one time, and I wrote it down like this. It's a little different, but it's, it's important just to kind of put the purpose in the midst of all of these statements where it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that you might win souls by the mercies of God that you might win souls, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, that you might win souls, holy, that you might win souls, living sacrifice, that you might win souls, and that you might win souls acceptable unto God, that you might win souls, which is your reasonable service, that you might win souls, and be not conformed to this world, that you might win souls, but be you transformed, that you might win souls by the renewing of your mind that you might win souls that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God that you might win souls. 
So you got to have in the back of your mind, what's the purpose of studying the Bible? Because now that I'm here, what is it that God wants me to do? This understanding has been the underpinning of my whole Christian life. It's why I went to Bible college, so that I could win people to the Lord. So if you look at the bottom of the page, it's a simple little illustration that I used years ago. I'm not saying it's the best, but it's a one that helps you to see. Because everybody knows that you have to have character in the Christian life. You know you need to read the Bible. You know that's a given. You know you've got to study the Bible. And you know that you need to pray. You know that. And um, you, you know that you should witness. And you know that, uh, you know, there's just so many things that God wants us to do in our Christian life. But you see, that's not the purpose of my life. My purpose of my life is not to study the Bible. Otherwise, I could just become a hermit, get up there in the uh, mountains of Colorado someplace, and sit and just study the Bible. But what does you want me to study the Bible for? I could just say, I'm just going to be a prayer warrior. Okay, well, if that's all I can do, I would rather do that than nothing. But isn't there more that I could do? So there must be something more. So you see, you need to do those things, but you can't forsake the reason. At the bottom, a flagpole needs guide wires to keep it from falling. Or you've got to have it deep within the Word of God. The flag is the gospel. I mean, if you don't have a flag, you don't need a flagpole. So we are in Christ, and that's like the flagpole, and you have the gospel. But you see, if you take down the flag, you don't need the flagpole, and then you've lost the purpose of the guide wires. The things that keeps you strong, those things that keeps you standing. Because you see, I pray a lot because I want to keep standing. And I try to have good character in my life and other areas of being truthful and honest and decent and sincere and pure. All those things are so that I can keep standing because I know the devil wants to take me down. But if I just try to live my life and only have the character in my life of, you know, the guide wires. But see, if you don't have a flagpole, you lose the purpose of maintaining your faithfulness. And after a while, people get tired of going to church, tired of reading the Bible, tired of trying to live godly. They quit. A lot of Christians do. Because, see, they forgot the purpose. Our purpose, our flag, must always keep waving. And so, therefore, God needs me for the gospel's sake. That's why I need to have these guide wires in my life so that I stay strong so that I can keep doing what God wants me to do. So do I need to study the Bible? Well, of course. Do I need to pray? Well, yes. Do I need to go to church? Yes. Do I need to give money? Yes. But that's not the purpose. That's to help accomplish the purpose. But you see, you've got to have a main purpose. What's the purpose of your life? And that's why it's so important. Turn over your page here. Think. Most people don't do that. How does my life profit the lost man? This is why as a body of believers, we need to understand the purpose of the local church. And one is to reach the lost and train the saved and for missions. And those are the three basic reasons why we're here. So Satan, the enemy of man's soul, 
will seek to sidetrack every Christian from this one main purpose. Notice 2 Timothy 2.26. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And look there in verse 26. This is written to the Christian. And verse 26 says, And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. His will is to lie to you. His will is to deceive you. And he captures God's children. So I wrote down two things here that maybe help you to understand. You see, he captures the Christian, but he blinds the lost. You don't have to capture them. He blinds the lost, but he captures God's children. And he'll do it in whatever way he possibly can. So as you live your Christian life, you have to understand there is an unseen enemy, the devil himself, who works through circumstances and your problems in every way possible to disappoint, to discourage, to cause you to be in despair, to give up on serving the Lord. It isn't worth it. I've had enough of it, and I'm going to do whatever I want to do with my life. It's because the devil is real, and the devil is alive, and the devil is working, and he works on your mind. That's why up there in verse 15, he makes this statement. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. You see, if the devil captures you, brings you down, destroys your life, you're going to be ashamed. And the Lord says, abide in him that when he shall appear, we will not be ashamed before him and his coming. Ashamed of what? You're not serving the Lord. And you have been captured by the enemy. Serving the Lord is staying free of the devil, not letting him capture you, not letting him destroy your testimony. So therefore, every child of God should live a dedicated life to the Lord, studying the word of God so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so he says, rightly dividing the word of truth. Otherwise, you'll be someone that will have your faith overthrown. You will have shipwreck in your life. And therefore, you are not going to be able to be used the way God wants to use you. Just to look at this. See there in verse 21 where he says, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor. So being a vessel unto honor is a choice. It's the result of what you choose to do with your life. The things that you will cut out of your life are the things that you put into your life. He says, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet or fit for the master's use, prepared under every good work. A lot of people don't serve the Lord because they are not prepared. They're not fit to serve the Lord. No, but he says there's things to flee and so forth, because if you don't, the devil is going to capture you and ruin your testimony. And then you'll always blame somebody else. You'd be surprised how I get blamed for somebody else not being used. I will do anything I possibly can to try to help challenge people to serve the Lord and do right. Why? Because I want everybody to be used. 
but some people are not fit to serve the Lord. They're just not ready yet. Maybe down the road, maybe they will be. But anyway, this is important to know. Now, in 2 Corinthians in chapter 4 and verse 4, where he talks about the God of this world hath blinded the mind of them which believe not. So he keeps them blinded. Look at the next paragraph. Keep this in mind. A Christian's life is made up of many areas. Bible study, prayer, finances, family, work, church. However, none of those areas are to be his main purpose for living but to help him accomplish his purpose. These guide wires will keep Christ and the gospel your purpose for living. So why should I be a soul winner? Now, there are going to be several reasons. I will not present them all today. Because of rewards in eternity. This is one of the reasons. Because of what God says. Now, to me, I could say, well, I don't need those. Yes, but God says it's going to be worth it. He says that we are reward-motivated people. We always want to know whether we like to admit it or not. What am I getting out of this? What am I doing it for? So there are things that God is going to do, and we should do it. If God says do it, do it. When you lose your interest and desires in life for those of Christ, the salvation of lost souls, and the training of soul winners, you gain what will last for eternity. Anything else you live for, riches, power, fame, will be lost as soon as you die. King Solomon, never heard of him? A man who turned away from God later on in his life decided to live for himself. He realized this when he wrote in Ecclesiastes. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit. And there was no prophet under the sun. He was the wisest man. Did anything any man ever wanted to do. He got to experiment. He had 700 wives. Don't sound too smart to me. 300 concubines. And you're talking about it cost him too. And Israel paid a great price. Did you know the Solomon's temple's not standing today? Solomon's not around today. Israel is a mess for a couple thousand years. You see, it didn't last. Didn't matter how long he lived, how many wives he had, how much money he had, how many things he accomplished, and what he built, it's all gone. And everything that you have is going to be gone one day. And that's why down at the bottom of the page, I'll just kind of jump down there right quick. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. I don't know who came up with that, but it's been around for a uh, hundred years. But it's a good statement. It is so true. Look up there again. Paul the Apostle lived his life for the sake of the lost man. Look what he said. Even I, as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. In other words, this is where you really find out how much do you really care about man's most important need. Some people, their lives is they want to go to Africa and install sanitary sewers. Oh, that, that's, that's great. But the people are still going to die. What's their greatest need? Food? No. Shelter? No. They need the Lord. That's the greatest thing anybody ever needs. Look at the next statement. He says, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Living for the Lord Jesus Christ brought Paul peace and satisfaction in this life and eternal rewards later in heaven. 
So what did riches of this world have to offer him? He says, lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Treasure where? In heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. The souls that Paul won to Christ would be his most precious treasure in heaven. He says, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Christ is coming. And those people that you won to Christ or that trust in the Lord because of your involvement of what you gave or tracked you passed out or you're praying, what you did for the sake of the lost, God's going to reward you. And he says that fruit may abound to your account. In other words, you didn't really win them. Paul says, I did. But it's fruit that will abound to your account. So it means you can get credit for people you didn't win. But you helped make it possible. You supported a missionary. I support missions. Every week I give to missions. Because I'm sold on missions. I believe this. And when I get to heaven, I don't know how many people they've won. But I believe it'll be more than if I hadn't done it. I want the people in this church to be the most giving people in all churches. Because if you're selfish, you're hurting yourself. And if you're selfish, you'll hurt the church. God doesn't want to, he says to be liberal. It means, not to be liberal as we understand it, but it means to be freely giving, cheerfully. Some people say, well, here comes the offering plate. Let's see, I got a quarter, dime, nickels. Wife says, well, where are you going to put in? I'm going to put this nickel in. So why are you going to put a nickel in? Well, the Lord loved the cheerful giver, and I'll be more cheerful if I gave that nickel than if I gave this quarter. And God says, to whom much is given, much is required. And if you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. And if you sow generously, you will reap that away. It all depends on what you want. But we don't do all of our reaping here. We're going to reap it when we get to heaven, and it will be worth it all when we see Christ. Let me just read this last statement to you. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done. That he hath done. You didn't do anything. <laughs> you don't get rewards. You'll get to heaven, but you don't get the rewards. Do you want to be rewarded when you get to heaven? I sure hope so. Every Christian must appear at the judgment seat of Christ, not for salvation, but because you have trusted Christ as Savior, and if you serve the Lord, He's going to reward you. But everybody will stand, but some people will be ashamed.